This is Tending Seeds, a podcast about my adventures in homesteading and herbalism. I'm Sarah Schuster, and I'll be your host. Thanks for being here today. Hey, friends. I hope this little podcast finds you well. I am super happy to be chatting with you, and I thought I should maybe do a little bit of a farm and garden update since I haven't really done that in a while, and there's definitely been a lot happening. So for me, as well as probably for you and for pretty much everyone in the world, this year has not shaped up how we thought it would. It's been very different. For me, uh, with in-person classes having to be canceled, and also a lot of farmers markets either not happening or starting very late, I really had to switch up some of my farm plans this year. But I feel like I've still had a good year of growing herbs so far, and I'm really happy with what I've accomplished. There's always more to do, of course, but I feel like we've really like persevered and pushed our way through this year to still make it a good year and also really laying some important infrastructure for upcoming years as well. I scaled things back a bit and I also put a lot more effort into our vegetable garden since just with losing class and market income, being able to feed ourselves from the land here felt just even more important to me than ever. So that has been a very tasty happening, and I am pretty pleased with the results there as well. So this spring, we had an epic season for peas. I actually got 25 pounds of peas just from two little rows. So those are in the freezer, which is awesome, and they're very delicious. And I will, I did some seed saving, which I posted about on our farm Instagram. And so we'll be replanting those seeds very shortly here for the fall garden, and hopefully getting a really great harvest as well from that. Kale and other greens were pretty prolific, and I got a decent amount of acorn squash, but then, of course, dun-dun-dun, the dreaded squash bugs arrived. So we will try that again in the fall, because I would definitely like a lot more, um, especially since, you know, we can save those for at least a few months heading into winter, and I really just enjoy having squash. Right now, we are enjoying tomatoes, okra, peppers, and eggplant. Our beans didn't do so hot, but we will plant more for the fall as well. Our watermelons look amazing. I actually only planted two watermelon plants. My partner loves watermelon and I love watermelon pickles. More on that someday. Maybe we'll do a recipe and canning day for that. But yeah, so I only planted two watermelon plants and they have just like taken over all the space they possibly can in the garden. And we have some enormous watermelons growing. I'm really hoping any squash bugs or pests will leave them alone. I'm super looking forward to getting to cut into one of those pretty soon. I think the real wins this summer though for us were our onion and our potato crops. Those both had good harvests and more importantly I also learned some really good lessons for next year that will hopefully increase our yield even more. So the onions have already been harvested and processed and we put those into the freezer, diced up so they're, they're ready to go for stir fries, which is a pretty common meal here. So just having those in small, like individual portion, reusable bags, super handy for us. And now with the potatoes, we're eating potatoes a few times a week, really enjoying that. There's just something about homegrown potatoes. I have had never grown them before. And so they're delicious. I didn't plant a huge amount of them this year, this was kind of like a test run to make sure that they would actually grow well and that I would feel it was like worthwhile to have as a crop. Sometimes crops just don't pan out or don't feel worth it in the end. Uh, celery jumps to mind for me this year where I grew this Chinese pink celery. It was good. It was beautiful for the amount of time and space in the garden I invested in it. I, I don't know that I would bother to grow it again. 
But now that I know that onions and potatoes are good crops for us and they're things we do eat and enjoy, I know that I'm going to want to plant even more for next year. And so preservation comes into play here. We don't have a root cellar or anywhere else where I can keep things at like a nice, you know, 50 to 60 degrees. Yeah, so keeping those in a good spot for us, you know, there's nowhere really good to store those right now. And so I'm going to have to do some investigating and research. I need to jump in and really start looking at that. I'm going to put some feelers out to like our local homesteading group and see if anyone else has experience with digging root cellars in our area and whether they were able to keep things at the right temp to preserve their food. Because I would love to be able to grow a lot more potatoes and onions, but if I'm just keeping them in the house, there's nowhere in the house that I can really keep them cool enough that they're you know, actually going to be able to like last through the winter for several months. So I need to do some research on that. I'm really hoping it's going to be feasible to dig a root cellar somewhere on the property here, partially because, to be honest, I just want to try it and do it. It seems like a fun project. Um, <laughs> don't throw those words back in my face when I'm cussing up a storm about it at some at some point, but right now it seems like a fun project. Over on the herb side of the farm, we are also getting steady harvests of a lot of really beautiful plants. The calendula flowers are just super prolific this year. I actually just plant transplanted out another 70 or so. That way I'll have another round of them in the ground just as the first batch kind of starts to wind down. Those are still producing for me and, and looking really good, but I have a feeling that they're starting to get kind of towards the end of their of their season. We also have spilanthes, tulsi, marshmallow, peppermint. I mean, it's just so beautiful to walk out there right now. Everything is looking so gorgeous and our pollinators are super happy and loving it as well. Everything is a buzz, just literally. Also, the St. John's wort just started blooming and it's blooming a little bit late. Like traditionally, we normally look for that around the end of June. So instead it's like early, middle August, but I got those in the ground late and you know what? It's fine. It's not a big deal. They are doing great and they're lovely. This was my first time growing St. John's wort and I have to admit, <laughs> I'm really in love with these little flowers. And so I'm already planning to expand that patch next year. St. John's wort oil is one of my favorite herbal body oils. It's got this beautiful like red color when you infuse it in oil. And I find it so helpful uh, for myself, um, especially for nerve pain. I've dealt with sciatica off and on for the last couple years. And just being able to do like some self-massage with a really nice St. John's wort oil. It's just so nice. So yeah, I need to expand that. Uh, that St. John's wort patch next year for sure. And I will just throw in there, this is where keeping notes is very handy and helpful so that you remember <laughs> because it seems fresh in your mind now, but you want to have these notes so that when you start planning things out next spring, you remember, oh, this thing didn't seem worth growing. Oh, I want to grow more of this this year or try a different variety or you know whatever the case may be. Take good notes for yourself. So, but back to the herbs, it's been really nice to restock our herb containers here for being able to make tea for y'all and also getting just new rounds of herbal tinctures going uh, for my clinical practice. I've also been able to offer up some herbs for sale locally to other herbalists and makers who are interested in fresh herbs. 
And that has felt like such a really big moment to, you know, just getting to start dropping off those first couple of orders for herbs over the last few weeks that, you know, these are plants that I literally grew from seed here on our land from seed to harvest and then getting to hand those, those fresh cut herbs off to other people and just knowing all the different things that they are going to make with them. Yeah, like it kind of, I kind of get a little choked up. Like, I'm not going to lie. I actually cried some happy tears dropping off my first couple of deliveries the other week. This is something that I've been working towards and wanting to do for so long. And just for it to finally come to fruition, even with all of the other struggles that have happened this year, it just really did my heart a lot of good. I'm always so grateful to send herbs out into the world to others, and it has really lifted my energy and mood to be able to put them in your hands. So thank you to those who have wanted herbs from the farm or herbal teas and tinctures. My heart is super grateful to you. All right, y'all. It is now time to jump into our main topic for today. So we've talked about the summer garden and a little bit about the spring garden. So the main topic today is going to be planning your fall garden because it is time and I am super energized and excited. We actually covered this topic on the podcast last year as well. So this is actually going to be a partial replay from episode 14 from last August. I hope you enjoy. So if you have been struggling with maybe your spring or summer garden, here's the upshot. Fall gives you another chance at it. And you do have a good amount of time to get stuff in the ground right now. And so we'll talk about kind of just brainstorming that and how to go about planning your fall garden. The first thing that you need to do is to look up your first frost date for your area. And you can find that really easily. Just Google first frost date or find my first frost date. Old Farmer's Almanac will have that. There are tons of sites that'll do this for you. You can find general guidelines based on your zone, but I like to find one where they actually have you put in your zip code and they find like the nearest area. So Springfield, Tennessee was the nearest area that came up for me and that's not too far from from me. Our first frost date is supposed to be October 22nd. That's not a guarantee, of course. And so you're always going to be gambling a bit with this. Uh, I've read some folks recommend going ahead and walking that date back about two weeks just to play it safe. So if mine's October 22nd, going ahead and walking that back two weeks, which would be October 8th instead, and trying to use that as my first frost date. But I don't tend to like to play it safe. I want to garden as late as I possibly can into the season. And especially because we've been having some milder winters here as well. And also, even if I do start to get frost, I have a nice stack of like used sheets and stuff that are out in the garage that I can go ahead and set up as frost covers if need be. And I'm not farming at a large enough scale yet that it's going to be a huge pain if I need to go out and cover a few specific crops that aren't really frost hardy or frost tolerant. All right. So once you know your frost date, then you can start going through and looking at your seeds to see what you do actually have time to get planted and still get a harvest of before the frost hits and temperatures really start to drop. So the thing you're going to be looking at here is your DTM or your days to maturity for each of the things that you're considering planting. You'll often find this on the individual seed packet itself, but if it's not there, you can go back to the seed catalog or to the website where you got your seeds from, or like your garden notes from previous years if you've grown this before, and hopefully you're taking notes as you garden each year and each season. Once you've figured out what you want to grow and what you think you actually have time to grow, then you can start mapping things out. 
This is going to be a little more complicated since you're not starting with a blank slate, probably like you were back in the spring when you planned your garden. Now you're going to need to consider what you currently have in your garden and how much longer those crops are going to be producing before you turn them under and put a new type of crop into that space. If you normally struggle with squash bugs during late spring and summer, this is a good time of year to give squash and zucchini and things like that another shot. I know there are some folks in my local area here that actually won't even plant these for spring and summer, and they always wait until the fall just to hopefully have better luck avoiding that pest pressure. So I think that's worth doing. We have tons of squash bugs here. I noticed that last year and through this spring season as well, and we weren't even growing squash yet, and they were just everywhere. I was having to like walk around the house with like a little dust buster just to get them out of here. As of today, I am looking at about 76 days until the first projected frost date for me. You might be looking at longer or shorter, so you'll need to adjust accordingly with your own plans. What am I thinking about planting? Just a note, I am starting from seed. If you want to get a jump on things and go for something that you don't think you have enough growing days left for, then you can always see if you can get seedlings from someone, either a store or you might have better luck maybe in like your local homesteading group, seeing if other people have started things from seed already that you can purchase from them. I have a lot of prep work to do with herb seeds because many of these plants are a lot more finicky to grow than annual vegetables. They need stratification or scarification or other really specific conditions for germination. I could easily do a whole separate episode on herb seeds and the process of growing those, and maybe we'll do that at some point. But today I'm going to mainly focus on annual vegetables. But one herb I do want to mention is calendula or calendula, depending on how you pronounce it. It's a beautiful herb and it has a really short day to maturity time of only 40 to 50 days. So probably wherever you are, unless you're much further north of me, you can probably get a round of these into the ground and into production and harvested before the first frost. And honestly, there's really nothing like working with calendula flowers that you've either grown yourself or gotten freshly dried from a small grower. It just makes a huge difference and they're so beautiful to work with. So here are some of the vegetables I'm looking to plant. First off, all of the greens. It's actually maybe a little bit too early for them right now, though I can probably start them from seed and just make sure they're not getting too much in the way of sunlight and heat. But yeah, all of the greens. As soon as the heat dies back, it is time for lettuce mixes, kale, chard, arugula. I mentioned squash earlier, and so I'm definitely going to be putting in plenty of winter squash. I love acorn and butternut, but I also have some other kind of funky varieties that I want to try out. I'm also going to try to squeeze in some summer squash and see if I can actually have less pest pressure like I mentioned up above. Carrots are great to get in now also because if you plant a decent crop of them, they'll actually overwinter and so you can kind of have those to pull throughout the winter. Same thing with those greens as well. If you get a good crop of greens that are frost hardy and you can just kind of cover those over with like row cover or frost cover and keep those going throughout the winter, when the temp drops too much, those greens will stop growing, but they won't necessarily die off if you can kind of protect them a little bit from the elements. And so you can go out there and harvest those throughout the winter. Ooh, I also have this adorable cucumber lemon seed that I got from Baker Creek. It's only 60 days to maturity, so I'm going to try that out as well this season. I've never grown that before, but it's really cute looking. I'm also going to be throwing lots of beans out there now, both pole and bush beans and probably in about another month or so, I'll go ahead and just direct seed peas as well as the temp starts to go down. I have a few pepper varieties that are right around 70 days from a date to maturity. So I'm going to do a small batch of those. I'm probably only going to plant maybe a third of the packet 
and save the rest of the seed packet for next year just because I'm going to definitely be pushing it to try to get a harvest before frost. I also have leeks and celery including a really funky pink celery that I'm dying to try out and try to grow. Those should be fairly frost hardy as well so I'm looking forward to trying those. The last crop I'll be planting out will be more tomatoes specifically smaller cherry tomatoes that are more in like the 65 to 70 day range. I think you can even find some that are like a 60 day cherry tomato. If you want to plant larger tomatoes this time of year, you're really going to need to find someone who has seedlings or slightly even larger plants than that for you to go ahead and purchase, or you're just not going to get any sort of harvest in time for that. Other things I start to think about this time of year for gardening would be, are you planning to plant garlic? You won't be planting that now. That's normally done like late fall, early winter. I know around here, Thanksgiving seems to be kind of the marker where a lot of folks get that planted. But this is a good time of year for you to go ahead and start sourcing out where you're going to buy that garlic. I'm definitely going to be buying a few pounds to try to get into the ground this year for sure. This is also a super great time of year to start thinking about planting fruit trees because you have enough time to plant them now and get them established for a few months before winter arrives. We will talk about pruning and prepping your fruit trees for winter in a future episode. I'm still working on filling in some of our property edges, so I'm keeping my eye out for a good deal on fruit and nut trees. We've got one fig tree, apples, and peaches here, as well as the elderberry thicket, which I do want to root some more cuttings from, and so I can keep expanding that hedge area. And I planted chestnuts and hazelnuts. They've been a little touch and go. They were really small, uh, small plants when I put them in and they haven't really shown a lot of growth. I'm not pulling them out. I'm going to let them go ahead. I'll mulch and stuff around them for the winter and then I'll see what actually comes back up in spring. But I may actually go ahead and, and try to get a few more nut trees and get those planted nearby just in case that doesn't work out. And if for some reason all of them make it through the spring, they're still going to be small enough that I can transplant them and move them around the property if I need them to have more room and be, you know, further away from one another. So that's not a huge deal. Just some things to think about. Like I said, we'll probably do a future episode in like another month or two as we get closer to winter on pruning fruit trees and getting them ready for winter, uh, doing, you know, how to do the mulching and, and things like that to make sure they're all going to survive and be okay. Which if you live down in like Florida, you're probably laughing at me because why would you need to do that? But up here, it can be a thing. So we'll talk about that. All right. I hope you enjoyed that and that you are feeling inspired and revved up about your fall garden plans. I know our grocery stores here are not fully back to normal yet. So if you have never grown any of your own food, then right now is an awesome time to dip your toe into gardening and get some plants going. Even just a couple things, even something on your windowsill. Just get the experience of, of growing something that you're going to eat from. You can always contact me with questions, comments, any topic ideas for things that you would like me to cover here on the podcast. You can get in touch with me through the website foxandelder.com or over on Instagram foxandelder. You can also check out our Patreon. You receive a 20-page zine each month in the mail. The zines have tons of different content, herbal profiles, journal prompts, tarot spreads, recipes, and lots more. Plus, you'll also be a part of our online community supporting the show and getting to hang out with other people that are into homesteading and herbs. You'll get a chance to share info with each other. And we're also about to start having our first monthly community chats. So link for that is in the show notes. Hope you all are doing well out there. 
And as always, until next time, keep your hands dirty and your heart open.